Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. This week's guest is Michael Bannister. Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Well, let's get started then, since you're excited. Let's start with your one-sentence bio. Let's see. Michael Bannister. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a lover of all people and their stories. And I'm also a guy who loves to win and compete. Okay. So I heard two things there that I really like stories and being an author, I love to hear people's (laughs) stories and winning. Tell me what you mean by loving to win and compete. Loving people's stories for me, you know, I, I travel a ton and, and have over the, over the last few years, I've, I've always traveled a lot. And one of the most exciting things for me is to get to meet new people and whether it be in the hotel or whether it be at a restaurant or whether it be at a meeting, but just an opportunity to hear people's journeys and to hear their stories and to hear their why and to hear them talk about their kids and what brings them joy. It's just something that I've always loved to do. And for me, it's just a passion. So sometimes <laughs> sometimes I've been accused of talking a little bit too much, but no, it's, it, it's a joy for me. And I think the winning piece for me is just something that's been instilled in me since I was a kid. I grew up playing sports, mm. very athletic, and that passion for winning and competing has is, is kind of followed me over into the business world, which, is, which has been a good thing. Good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing both those. You ready to start with the questions? Absolutely. All right. How do your values impact your management philosophy? That's a great question. I think values are just so important when it comes to management and when it comes to leading people. If you understand your values and you understand why you're doing things, then it just really gives you a good base of something always to run to when things go wrong or you have a problem or you've got a situation that you have to deal with, your values kind of serve as your rock. So for me, my leadership philosophy kind of can be summed up in what I would just call mission first, people always. Hmm. And what I mean by that is it gives me the opportunity to always think about people, to always think about the goal or the mission that's put in front of me. But it gives me that base to keep balance. And as I try to keep balance, you know, I don't, you know, if you can, if you hit all your goals that you want to hit and your people aren't happy, well, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And if you have happy people who are ecstatic, but you're not productive in, in your goals and the KPIs that you want to hit, well, that's not good either. So I think the values just serve as a, a good balance beam to kind of keep you in balance and kind of keep you right in the middle and keep everything steady. I do think as we get older and as we grow in our leadership philosophy and our leadership style, I think, you know, your values normally don't change, but you kind of weight them a little differently. So you might depend Mm -hmm. on one thing a little more, or you might depend on something a little less, but it's something that if you have, it serves as a, as a rock. And I think as a leader, it's a must. I love that mission first people always. Now, what do you do though, when the mission seems insurmountable and the work just seems really hard to get there? I always remember that whatever we have to do, we can do it through our people. And if we can't think of a way to do it through our people, then we think a little harder. Oh, that's good. It never fails if you've got your values to lean on and you're doing it through your people. There's always a way. I love that. I love that. Let's move on to question number two. Who or what 
has had the most impact on your management style? Uh, that's a great question. So for me, my management style goes all the way back again to while I was growing up with sports. You know, being a leader from an athletic standpoint, whether it's baseball or, or football or, or being a captain of the, of the basketball team, I, I think my leadership philosophy and my leadership style started to form then. And then I can't forget the military. The military had a heavy, just a, just a very heavy influence on me. And, and as my first thoughts of leadership, doing ROTC at the University of Kentucky, I started thinking about how important followership is. Mm. I just know I think back to a group called Advance Camp where everybody's given a different opportunity to be in a leadership position. But the other times when you're not in leadership, you're in a followership position. And I couldn't understand why everybody wanted me on their team. Just, you know, every time somebody would go, they would pick their team and, and they would pick Mike as part of their team. And when it was my turn to go, I, I picked my team and, and we executed flawlessly. And one of the supervisors, he comes to me and he says, do you realize why people picked you on their team and why you did so well? And I said, not really. And he looked at me and he said, because every time that you went, you gave everybody your all, mm. you executed flawlessly, and you did exactly what they asked you to do. So when it was your turn, they returned the favor. And for me, that has been, uh, has been valuable for me. And I think the other part of the leadership is when you, you have different supervisors or you work around different people or you have different friends, you take the good things. So the good things that they do from a leadership perspective, you take them and you borrow them. And then lastly, is just my mentor, you know, my everything to me in the, in the business world is a guy named Hunter Mays, who I met when I was a kid working for Pfizer. And he just really embodied everything that I just talked about. And he was about people 100% of the time. And he was just one of those guys that you wanted to run through a brick wall for. Mm. And you didn't want to do it for yourself. You didn't want to do it for the company. You wanted to do it for him. And that, that rubbed off on me a lot. So that, that's all that stuff together kind of helped me build my leadership philosophy for today. I love that you talked about followership. I think that's something that we don't talk about enough in management and leadership. In fact, I cover in a management class that I teach here at Lipscomb University, followership one day. And I, I spend the whole class time talking about the importance of being a good follower and how you have as a leader or as a manager, you have to make sure that your followers are the right kind of followers. There are some followers that you don't want, but you Absolutely. want really good followers. Derek Savers has a great TED talk where he talks about the importance of followers. It's at like a music festival, and there is one crazy guy dancing. And so he's dancing all by himself, and then somebody comes up and starts dancing with him. <laughs> and then there's more, and you know, finally there's a big momentum. And the whole purpose is, as a leader, if you or one other person are the only people dancing at a music festival, you're always going to be looked at as nuts. So <laughs> your job as a leader is to create momentum so people will follow you. Absolutely. But what I talk about in class is there's actually four different types of followers. You don't want the conformist. You don't want the ones that always just say whatever you want. You know, you want the ones that were actually thoughtfully following you, but maybe also saying, Mike, did you really think about that? Or Donita, did you really think about that? You don't want the alienated ones, the ones that are mad. Absolutely. You know, I mean, right. it's just, it's really, it's really fascinating, the whole study of followership. Well, it's good. I know it's good to know that you all are teaching it. Yeah. Because I think it's important. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was a, I was an education major, so never, oh. you know, really took a lot of business classes. Yeah. But, but no, I, th I think you're right. And I'm so yeah. glad you're teaching it because I think there's a huge gap of, of workers out there that are just missing it. Yeah. Thank you. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message 
about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Getting your MBA is a big step, an exciting step, and possibly a scary one. With so many paths at your doorstep, why do you want to get your MBA? Statistics show that the most common answer is an increase in salary or lifetime earnings. But at Lipscomb, we believe that getting an MBA opens an entire world of opportunities. Opportunities that can change your life or even the world. Working in business isn't just about numbers and a corporate paycheck. It supports families, creates jobs, steers the economy, and gives back to the community. That's because we believe the real power of business is its ability to make a difference, drive outcomes, and provide realities that were once just a dream. Not just for you, but also for those you touch. You can see it in our core values, but more importantly, you can see it in our daily interactions. From the professors you'll learn from to the students you'll learn with, it draws similar-minded companies to us and helps our students build meaningful networks that exponentially empower them well after their time here. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. All right, ready for question number three? Yes. What book has made the biggest impact on you? A book by the name of Black Boy, written by a uh, gentleman by the name of Richard Wright. And Richard Wright grew up in the Jim Crow South. He's a native of Mississippi, grew up in Mississippi, and and, uh, migrated to Chicago. But wrote a couple books, but his most famous being Black Boy. And the quick little funny story behind this a junior at the University of Kentucky, getting ready to start my, my classes, my 300-level classes. And back then, we had syllabus, you know, where you had to go buy all your books from the bookstore. I'm not sure they still do that. I'm not, I'm not sure they may still do that. But you had to buy all your books from the bookstore. And, and I come in the first day, the only African-American in the class, and he called me up. He said, can I talk to you for a minute? This is after the class is gone. And he pulls me to the side, and he said, I want you to read this book. And this is a white professor, by the way. And he said, I want you to read this book. And, you know, being 18 years old, I'm like, oh, why do I get the, you know, why am I getting the extra, why am I getting the extra work here? But a game changer for me because. And that was that book? It was that book. Huh. So I read the book, had an opportunity to sit down with that professor and talk about the book and just really dig into it. He asked me a ton of questions, but uh, he helped me figure things out. But, but that book's always been a rock for me. Mm. And it's been a book that, I've always, you know, from now I, I have students and, and, and young people, the interns or anybody that I can get in front of. It, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. It's a great book for everybody to read. But it just taught me to appreciate everything that I have. Hmm. And I think sometimes even in corporate America, you know, from a followership standpoint, once you reach a first certain level or once you get things, sometimes you forget just how blessed you are. Hmm. And I think for me as a leader, that book has helped shape me so much, but it's always a good one to fall back on and, and one that I typically read every year. So Wow, that's good. I, I do not know that book, so that might be one I have to put a good one. <laughs> on, on my list. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. All right, so you ready for my favorite part of the podcast? I am ready. Okay, so your goal is to make me run out of questions. Okay. You'll have 60 seconds. 
It'll be rapid fire. You get one pass. So if there's one question that you're just like, oh, I don't know. Or maybe you don't want to answer. You can say, <laughs> you can say pass. Okay. All right. You ready? Ready. What makes you sad? Rain. What makes you angry? Incompetence. What's your favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. What's your deepest fear? Snakes. What was your last impulse buy? Pass. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Ice cream. What was your last Google search? A chair. What mythical t- creature would you believe was real? Was it a minotaur? I think okay. they're right. Yeah. Who's your favorite Disney character? Cinderella. What are you most looking forward to? Retirement. What never fails to make you laugh? A great comedian. What is your favorite way to work out? At home. If you were to write a book, what would it be about? It would be about values. What is your hidden talent? I can sing a little bit. Hey, and that's a good one to end on. Do you want to sing for us? No, absolutely not. (laughs) All right. So let's give some parting advice for managers. What's the best advice you can give to managers? Yeah, so so the best advice that I can give to managers is just, you know, find your comfort zone and be yourself. Mm. And at some point, you know, you're going to get the feeling to take yourself and to take everything too seriously. And I would just say at some point, you know, get to know your people, let them get to know you. Don't take yourself too seriously and let them know you care. Because Mm. I've mentioned a few times just about doing everything through your people. And if you can do everything through your people, you can get them to know you care. You're going to be all right as a a leader. That's great. Business is a people business. Absolutely. All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being our guest this week. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.